0: You, This has only taken a year and a half to get going. At
1: least. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the inaugural edition of the uh, Wood Turner's Journey podcast. I myself am Chris Jacobson, and my cohort here is Marcus Brown, and we're going to do a quick little introduction episode. I say quick, but it depends on how much we're going to actually ramble about life, things, goals, whatever else that you may or may not want to hear about us. So to get us started, I'm going to turn my attention over to Marcus and ask him,
0: Marcus, who are you? Oh, you know, it's about time you asked. This has been really awkward for a year and a half that we've been friends. <laughs> uh, well, like you said, my name is Marcus Brown. I'm uh, born and raised here in Astoria, Oregon, up here in the northwest corner. Um, I've mostly lived here most of my life. I lived in Portland, Oregon for some years while I went to school. And then my wife and I, we lived up in the Seattle metropolitan area kent and then down in bonnie lake and puyallup there for five five years those were a good five years but uh family and work brought us back to the oregon coast and it's kind of honestly where my my heart really is you know it just i think if you spend as much time as i have if you spend your whole childhood and and young adulthood in a in a place it's pretty hard to not pine or yearn to be there. And uh there's so much here on the Oregon and Washington Coast to do. Um so much fun to have. It's not as many people, not as not as congested. And the weather's pretty good if you like rain and cooler weather. And I'm okay with cooler weather, although rain mm, I don't know. Uh but I've been let's see what do we got going on here?
1: Well, how old are you, Grandpa? I mean, how old are you? Uh, I I, can, I only know I can actually call you Grandpa because I know you're my Grandpa, so. quite literally.
0: Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, well, I just turned fifty, and um, it was amazing. It's amazing being that age. I, I'm very comfortable with my age. I uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I I feel like I've kind of earned those fifty years. I'm okay with it. Um, but I I have a beautiful wife named Stacy and between the two of us, we have a shared family. We have five adult children, the youngest of which being 22 and then, uh, just her side of the, the, the part she brought to the family has had children and she has four beautiful children, three beautiful daughters and one amazing son and all, but one of them have had children. So we're up to six grandchildren, and they range from like nine to one and a half. So yeah, it's kind of a growing
1: family. So we can officially call you Grandpa or refer yeah. to you as Grandpa in the podcast. So that's yeah, good, good I, to I, know. And <laughs> it's also it's also nice to know that out of the two of you, it's only Stacy that was the one that procreated. So
0: that's that's not accurate. I have a well, son. Okay, okay. <laughs> within within <laughs> <laughs> I brought some DNA to this party. Come
1: on, okay. All right, fair yeah. enough. Okay, well, let's move on. Let's move on to our next question. What was your introduction to wood turning? Marcus? Well,
0: I think most of, a lot of us, um, certainly those that might be 40s and older. I don't know if wood shop is as prevalent as it used to be. I know a lot of schools cut it there for a long time, but now this last decade there's been a big push for trades to get back into schools. I don't know if woodworking's been one of those, but um it is a thing in my my world up here in the Pacific Northwest. The so the heist the grades the middle school that I was in grade seven, I took wood shop and Got to see wood turning done and was just mesmerized by the whole idea of spinning this piece of wood around in circles and being able to shape it into neat things. Uh, Didn't get to do it. We just got to see a demonstration of it. It was deemed too dangerous for seventh graders. Um, And then in the eighth grade, I got to play around with it a little bit. And then I took wood shop all four years when I was in high school. I just, I loved, I loved woodworking. I loved I love the idea of being able to create something you know you're influenced by something somebody else made but you get to make it make your own spin on it so to speak um, and of course you know after four years in high school I, I got lots of experience working on all your standard woodworking tools including a wood lathe and I even did some a couple of segmented pieces <laughs> way 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 back and uh I have one of them. I didn't bring it with me, but I'll bring it to the show one of these days. It's kind of cool. No one can uh, see it in audio format, so it doesn't matter. Fine. Um, and then fast forward a lot of years. <laughs> so I so graduated yeah,
1: at, after then. What was yeah. your first lathe and tooling setup for wood turning specifically?
0: Well, you'd have to, so 1991 would have been the last time I touched a lathe. Then you'd have to fast forward all the way up to 2018, 19, 2019. And I acquired myself a jet. Um, I believe it had a 12 inch swing and I think it had a 30, 30 inch ways on it, center to center. Um, it was a good little starter, so it, it kind of came of uh, came from when Stacy and I lived in Seattle. work became everything. I work you know 50, 60, sometimes more hours a week. Um, I'm a passionate theater person. I'm also a passionate outdoors person. I, I get I have a lot of passions, you know, hobbies. I get I really get deep into hobbies when I'm in them. And so I couldn't do my normal stuff up there. It was just, I didn't have the free time for it. So I talked my bride into spending $600 for this jet lathe and bought it from a young lad in Puyallup, and uh, Puyallup, Washington, that is. And it came with some Benjamin tools, uh, all dull as bejesus, <laughs> um, all of which I took to the local uh woodworking store there in um that's in that's in um, oh boy i forgot the name of the little town there just north of puyallup is it the it's, one in sumner is it the sumner, one sumner, the sumner. one that's
1: rockler adjacent it's not a rockler woodworking store but it's
0: these carry rockler stuff i believe right exactly and um shame on me for forgetting the town it's a sumner's a just this quaint little community uh very i've never been to
1: the store i've only heard of it and so i've heard people reference it before
0: yeah it's a good store and and um all the people that work there are super avid woodworkers and one guy that worked there when it's been a while it's been a couple years since i've been there but he uh his whole passion was rebuilding um looms to make yarn and whatever. But um the, the spinning thing, maybe I'm getting the wrong term, but the spinning <laughs> thing is the lathe typically. <laughs> oh wait, no. He, all he... all wood turning tools are spinning and woodworking tools are mostly spinning oh, that's so. all right lump it together it makes just <laughs> yeah. as much sense as my ramblings but anyways so um i took it to that store to have everything sharpened because i didn't even have a grinder at the time and i think like a lot of us that have gotten into this hobby in this last 10 years um it my passion really came fed, my education came from youtube and uh watching so many wonderful educational and entertaining YouTube channels, um, I develop my my craft. I develop my skills. And you know, being able to watch something on TV and being able to walk out into your shop and do it is is very doable for wood turning. Um and it has served me very well. Um Kent. I think it's no Kent. It's Kent with Turn a Wood Bowl, that YouTube channel. I learned an awful lot from him, and uh, worth the effort. I forget that gentleman's name, but I watched um, a lot, almost everything he had. Him and his dad are wood turners down in Texas, and of course, you know, I've watched probably at this point probably thousands <laughs> of of uh, videos on wood turning. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I, that's where I learned. I didn't, I've never had an in-person training until this last spring when I, when I had the absolute privilege, um, to go and do a three day class with David Ellsworth over in North Carolina. And that was spectacular. (laughs) I, I, I really admire David and he has some turning videos mostly about him and about his involvement in the craft but uh i mean how many articles have we all read about him or by him in fine woodworking and of course in the american woodturners association um you know he's he's one of the fathers of the hobby i think oh most definitely
1: yeah yeah and i believe the the worth-the-effort guy, I only looked it up while you were, again, like you said, rambling, but also talking about your other inspirations, which is awesome, is uh, Sean Graham. That's and it. Honestly, I've followed him for years as well, and I would, I couldn't pick his name out of a lineup. So <laughs> Sean Graham is his name. It seems like he's been posting less and less, but he, he definitely has a great way about his teaching style and, and how he does things. I almost um not to insult him but just the way that i remember him is he's kind of the bobcat Goldthwaite of of (laughs) woodturning in the way that he like carries himself and like kind of like yeah and does his thing so he's (laughs) kind of he's very passionate
0: boy when he talks on it he's like it's you know it's very high stakes Yes, and, uh, and
1: and he really loves what he's doing. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, he's doing it a hundred percent. So, oh, absolutely. so now the next question we'll ask then is,
0: what is your current lathe and tooling setup? Well, um, unlike a lot of wood turners, I'm only in my second lathe, and so, like I said, I get rather only int- your
1: second lathe. How, yeah. how long have you been
0: turning? Uh, seven years now nah uh, you're behind the curve yeah <laughs> so i you know i i fell so in love with wood turning and so i did i'm a research guy i love to really research things out and my conclusion at the time in my budget was to go with a Powermatic i have the Powermatic 30 20 20 3520c 30, 30, And uh, it's their one step down from their 24 inch swing machine. And I forget what that number is, but um, I love it. It's, it's an amazing machine. It's three horse with a a freak drive and um, it has a 20 inch swing. And I think it has a 34 or 36 inches between centers. Um, Mm I don't do much. I don't do much spindle work. So that's, more than sufficient um and we'll get into that you know on one of these days but um i love my lathe i think it's it's fantastic i i i daydream once in a while about having that 24 inch swing capacity but um i think for those that are out there listening to this they and have maybe been in turning for a little bit there's kind of a consensus that you don't go that big too often unless that's really going to be your specialty. So, um, anyways, that this is what I could afford. And that was ludicrous money when I bought it, um, three and a half years or so ago. And, um, now I, now I look to see what they cost and it's, it's $2,000 more than I paid for my machine just in a short period of time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, so that being said, I, that's the lathe I, I I went with, and then, um, you know, I, I I ordered a couple of Carter and Son wood turning gouges. I, actually, I think I got their five eighths um, bowl gouge, and I got their, I think it's a one inch um, bowl scraper, and I just was very pleased. With the quality of those tools, I love the aluminum handles. I love the weight um, and I don't know they just work really well with me and I I just figured you know, hey, these are working good and I just kind of kept with it and now now I think I'm up to probably twenty of their of uh, various tools. so it's <laughs> it's an advertisement for Carter and Son next to my wood 20, wave.
1: you have twenty different at least turning blades that are all carter and sons yeah yeah and just the blades alone well and handles well blades blade handles don't count as a tool but
0: (laughs) i don't know i it's all it's all makes a tool and i'm not one of those maybe i will be one day but
1: you can mix and match but how many blades do you have of carter and
0: sons it's all the same i have a handle with every tool so yes. you have 20 blades and 20 handles. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's accurate. Now, pretty soon I'll I'll have more because like uh, like my bowl gouges are starting to wear down pretty good. And uh I'm but I I have I love Carter and son tools, but I think I wanna I'd like to try some of the other the other the other folks i have this really good friend up in seattle uh dashing fella fantastic facial hair it's true been a been a real inspiration to me he uh he really likes D way tools so uh i i think i want to give that a whirl just just to kind of branch out see what's else see what else is out there see how the other Great. half lives there are lots of beautiful tool manufacturers
1: out there. I mean, just yeah. Carter and Sons, D-Way, Thompson,
0: Sorby. There, yeah.
1: there, yeah. there's a multitude of different options. Even Ashley Harwood is making her own tools, and
0: yeah, and
1: Stuart Batty it's doing mm-hmm. his own little thing too. So it's even One Way makes their own tools. Yeah, yeah. Bit. So yeah, they do. That's the hard thing is. You could try multiple different tools and
0: mm-hmm.
1: like one thing or the other about them. So mm-hmm.
0: that's that's kind of <laughs> well, fun. And then you get into the nuance, like Mahoney. You know that Mike Mahoney, one of our favorite wood turners, he has a line of wood turning tools with Carter and Son. They make his line, and uh you know i I've tried them, and I think they're they're good, but I. I fell in love with the Ellsworth grind on my, on my bowl gouge. And I just, I haven't looked, I haven't looked back. I haven't needed, I haven't needed just about anything else. I just recently got a bottom feeder and it's, it's Mahoney's bottom feeder, but it's, I don't know that it's truly unique to him alone, but I think it was in his line of tools that I got from Carter and son. I think Um, it's just
1: the shape of the flute that, you know, constitutes it being a more effective bottom feeder grind. Yeah. And then you, you grind it to that specification. Just like right. I know mm-hmm. I, I have a nationally hardwood one and I have a Thompson and Thompson tools, one that I ground and mm-hmm. different ones like that. So, it, it, you know, you, you're going to find what works for you and then continue working with it because it works. And that's, that's the point, right?
0: yeah yeah i uh you know i i mean like a lot of wood turners i got started with um you know the carbide scrapers i have a a whole set of easy wood carbide scrapers and i i use the detail scraper um pretty pretty often um is that I the like, diamond point kind of yeah, one yeah yeah i love that one when i'm doing tenons i can get right down into where the tenon meets the shoulder. Um, that's a good one. I mean, sometimes I can pull it off with my, my gouge, but sometimes I have to do a little touch up for whatever reason. Um, and I also like their hollowing tools on smaller vessels on uh, the closed form vessels. Um, I find that they work really, really well and their, their negative rake uh, cutter heads are very forgiving, very, very forgiving. And, um once you kind of get used to using them um they're very accessible i i like them
1: there's i only have 40 minutes that i can record in my zoom so we had to start over so now it's marcus's turn turn to ask me all these lovely questions
0: small correction our wives care so we already have an audience so we're winning we're winning sir that says that mine will listen to it I,
1: <laughs> she doesn't listen to any podcasts she'll tell you she listened
0: own. to it she'll tell you she listened to it um, she she'll tell me she didn't listen to it because she doesn't care which so- is fair. <laughs> all right sir who are you what is your name
1: uh, well my name is christopher allen jacobson i'm going full name on that one whoa but i go by chris but you can call me anything but late for dinner <laughs> um Chew i live a shot, <laughs> and i live in Seattle washington in Seattle proper obviously oh. oddly enough like you don't know a lot of people that claim Seattle and actually live in it but that's my zip code um i am currently 40 years of age so just slightly younger Ooh. than marcus but you know where do you have them mm. four, four zeros
0: yeah that's getting biblical biblical i mean just Jesus old. Died when he was
1: 33 so i don't know I mean,
0: I, I, come on but who's a lot i mean come on keep up with me here <laughs> well <laughs>
1: that's true I mean even yeah well we can get we can get biblical I'm like James there <laughs> to be a hundred years old but that's a whole different thing but Whoa, anyways wait James and the giant peach James different James sorry oh. we're, we were talking
0: biblical still sorry <laughs> no. all right so what was your introduction to wood turning what what uh what got you keen on turning wood dude
1: Uh, What sparked my fire was actually, like Marcus said, not a lot of high schools have it now, but I was thankful that when I was in high school in the late 90s, which doesn't sound that long ago, but other people are telling me that's a while ago, Mm -hmm. was high school woodshop class. Mm -hmm. I took it. I always enjoyed tinkering and doing stuff with my dad as he made stuff. He was always a very handy person growing up he would could do anything from replacing the engine in his truck to building us bunk beds for my brother and i to making whatever he needed to make to get things done so oh, it was cool. always something that was kind of an interesting thing to me and so i took shop class in high school and did the basic projects whatever was needed took wood carving in high school they offered wood carving alone as a as a class so it was mostly mostly chip carving and stuff like that spoons no not even spoons it was mostly chip carving and like like just chip carving stuff on like i made i remember i made a house that looked like a mushroom and you did the details out of it you did the window and the frame and all that stuff and so it was like Mm -hmm. A little different little process, but I Mm. learned to use the table saw, the band saw, the Mm. uh, miter saws that they had. And then I wasn't much of a high school student or student in high school. So I Mm. gravitated the two main subjects I gravitated towards were woodshop and photography. So I would either my woodshop teacher wouldn't let me just spend off periods in the woodshop class, but my photography teacher would. So I would just kind of duck around in there and hang out in the dark room and start (laughs) developing photos and, you know, Uh that's cool lies and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I took woodshop. I took woodshop two. I took wood advanced woodshop. I took whatever I could take. And by some point my woodshop teacher who if I remember correctly, I think his name was Mr. Gray. He finally just stopped making me do the assigned wood shop class things and let me do what I wanted. And Um, I really wanted to get on the lathe and turn something. So he let me turn. I think I turned a baseball bat, like a small uh, like half size, like maybe a 20 inch long baseball bat. And I did that and did a few other things. And I remember thinking it was really fun but i was a teenager in high school and many other things were pulling my attention one way or the other mostly <laughs> girls and music and and other things and so mm-hmm. I, you know i did it when i was in high school and i had the ability to and then once i left high school i was like well what's next oh i don't know did plenty of other things and kind of got distracted by life so
0: yeah yeah well, that makes sense. So, uh, how did uh, was there a gap between high school and and you getting into because you're you're uh, well, I'll let you describe what you do for a living. <laughs> what what do I do for a living?
1: I <laughs> scrap scrounge and do whatever I can to make a living doing woodworking. Currently, i I've been self employed for five ish years now, but I. Don't make my living on wood turning. However, maybe about eight or nine years ago, I was in a job that was mostly in commercial acoustical fabric wall panelings, which sounds really baroque and interesting, but it's kind of a mixture of carpentry and fabric. And some pvc work and stuff it they basically used the pvc tracking and attaching fabric to it and then would put acoustical battens inside the canvas of whatever they were doing stretch fabric over it and it would help to absorb sounds in conference rooms or large auditoriums or wherever there may be a lot of reverb and echo and other Things, but then you can do it in a way that's aesthetically pleasing. So, mm-hmm. around the Seattle area, I worked on Microsoft buildings, Google buildings, I worked on the Amazon Sphere buildings, I worked on uh, who names it, however many Microsoft buildings f5 like all all the big office buildings they would put them in all their conference rooms basically Hmm. got to work i'm trying to think of any other cool projects i got to work on there i mean boeing facilities where you could oversee like the offices were overseeing the production line of them building actual airplanes at the time up in everett which was kind of neat
0: yeah Uh, cool
1: some university stuff at university of washington And Western Washington, you know, they kind of do a little bit of everything and, you know, anything wherever a client needs some dampening of acoustical stuff. So long story short, in working in that field and with the crews that I was working with, one older guy, we were talking about this and that with carpentry and woodworking and stuff like that. As I was kind of getting into it, I maybe had zero tools at this point, (laughs) (laughs) other than the uh, drill driver and circular saw that I used on the job site. I didn't have much other tooling, but he mentioned his dad was, no longer able to do wood turning anymore because of his age and his double knee surgery. He couldn't even stand mm. at the lathe anymore. And no. he was looking to sell his lathe, which was mm. sad to hear, but it piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, what is what is he looking to get for his lathe? And he's like, I don't know, maybe 250 bucks. And I was like, sold. I don't know what it is, but sold like, does it run? Okay, perfect. So I drove (laughs) up with my brother. He, he helped me to load it in the back of his pickup truck. It was a old maybe 1950s or so Walker Turner. Oh, wood lathe. It was a spindle turning lathe. So it maybe had a 10, Mm -hmm. 10 inch swing on it and Mm -hmm. 40 inches or so of (laughs) bedways. Right. And it had an old motor on it, but the thing turned on when I turned it on. And if I changed Mm. the belt, it would go faster or slower. Mm. And it was on a rickety little cart that (laughs) barely moved around. I didn't have a shop at the time. So I literally, at the time, stored it under our stairs.
0: Oh outside
1: like uninsulated stairs and i was like well i'll just figure out how to get it out in the uh in the yard and started making shavings in the in the yard wow plugged it into an extension cord and nothing was stopping me i got some wheels at harbor freight and figured out how to wheel it out into the yard made some shavings which Mm. The wife didn't care about that because I could just mow them up and they were gone (laughs) and just slowly. And then took over the garage, quote unquote garage. It was an uninsulated, no foundation garage at our rental at the time. (laughs) Whoa! No power to it. So Mm. I ran a, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I ran a 14 gauge 50 foot extension cord out to the garage, and that was my main power source in the entire
0: garage. Oh, well, yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, I guess. It but worked, it got,
1: yeah, it got you the, survived, yeah, it got <laughs> it got the uh hobby started. I mm-hmm. i remember after I bought that lathe, I was like, Well, I have a lathe now, I need to get a chuck, and now I need mm-hmm. to get this, and then and now I need to get that, and then mm-hmm. the. I started jumping down the rabbit hole. So (laughs) it never
0: ends though. I swear. That's the fun part. I guess. Unless you're my wife and she's like, now what do you need? I thought you said you had everything. And I'm like, but I need a coring system. Yeah, exactly. And then once you get the coring system, then you need the hollowing system and the vacuum chuck system. Yeah, there's always something. Always
1: something. I don't know how many times I've said the same thing to my wife. Oh, I have no tools that I need. (laughs) Which is true. I'm not lying. You have no tools you need? I have no tools
0: I need. What? I have plenty of tools that I want. You possess tools that you need in order to be a woodworker no i'm saying there's plenty of tools i want you mean the unacquired set tools
1: right there's no tools that i need to do what
0: i need to do you mean you don't need to buy more tools
1: right that's what i mean i don't need to buy more tools i had to think about it (laughs) yeah
0: well it's all right it's late for you it's it's almost bedtime yes well you know us old people it's i don't
1: need to buy more tools i may want to buy my
0: more tools but you have if... you have an excellently laid out shop you have a lot of great tools um there's
1: always something else we want though so right
0: so you went from walker turner to what to what to what to what
1: oh gosh remember I I do remember. I remember each and every tool I bought and sold. Wow. I went from Walker Turner to a Nova 1642. Wow. That I bought at Rockler at the Northgate Rockler in Seattle. Oh. Because it was on sale. It was, I think at that time it was $800. And I bought that because it was a great little tool and it gave me 16 inches of swing and i could (laughs) put a chuck on it and it it had a swivel head on it so if i wanted to i could do bigger things which i'm like who's gonna do bigger things on that that's like crazy little thing no but i never actually got that big on it but Um. i had nova 1642 it was a great little lathe and it kept me going Mm -hmm. the annoying thing is that was still just like the walker turner where i had to change the belt over Mm -hmm. to change the speed and that was right i made it work and it was again still a hobby and still you know something really fun to Mm -hmm. do but you know i'm i made the best of it but the nice thing is it had reverse yes as opposed to the walker turner which had no reverse which at the time i didn't care about i was just making shavings and just learning how to how, hold how the many, tools and do stuff so
0: how many times did you shoot your chuck off of your lathe when you were first learning when you had the reverse never done it and still don't want to do it now oh. every time
1: i put my chuck on even now today i set the screw set do you so really it doesn't come off yep every time mm. Nope. That makes one of us. Well, (laughs) when I had that Walker Turner lathe, I did have a point where I did not have a good tenon set on a little piece that I was chucked up in the yard and Uh didn't even know about face protection and took a nice hunk to the eyeball. Thankfully, I wear eyeglasses, so it scratched and scuffed my eyeglasses and gave me a nice little dinger in the eyebrow. And, and I just mm. turned off the lathe, didn't even move it. I just turned off the lathe and went inside and was like, well,
0: <laughs> I need to dad?
1: think about think. that for a minute. <laughs> so, so since then I did, I mm. upgraded from the Walker Turner to the Nova 1642. And then I happened to cross, and there's going to be people cursing my name right now. I happened to cross a one-way, 2436 randomly on Craigslist. This was probably f- four years ago now, hmm. maybe five, maybe five years ago. And the guy had posted it for $1,800. Oh my stars. And, and I had woke up that morning and I'd seen it posted and I emailed him and said, I want this lathe. Let me know. I I'll come get it, or if you need like whatever, like whatever needs mm-hmm. to happen, I'll make it happen today. And he <laughs> said, Oh, I have another guy that is willing to pick it up t- later today when I get off work. And I I still feel a little bad, but not really. Um, I offered the guy an extra hundred bucks if he would bring it to me after work because he said he oh. had it on his flatbed already. And he said, You're sold. And then so wow. I got a one-way 2436 for
0: 1900 Do you uh do you ever wonder if the other guy or person just dropped out and he just scored oh, 20 bucks out.
1: off of you? No, no, I heard from that guy. What I no. heard from that guy. I was so elated and excited. I posted in a couple different <laughs> Facebook groups. About the exciting <laughs> new lathe that I got, <laughs> and I got a nasty oh. direct message from a old wood turner that said, oh, "Yeah, you yeah. snaked that lathe out from under me." And I said, oh. "I'm sorry, dude. That yep. that's not on me. That's on the dude selling it. <laughs> I can't control him, but I." I apologized a few <laughs> times, and he was a little surly about it. But <laughs> uh,
0: I shouldn't wow. tell him that
1: I sold that lathe a year and a half later. But you, th-
0: you think he'll be listening to this podcast and go that crap?
1: Oh no, no, he's probably he probably doesn't know what a podcast is, so it's okay. Oh.
0: Well, one don't can worry,
1: help. I sold that lathe maybe a year later, and trying to downsize my shop in in air quotes and got a Grizzly. Mm. Uh, what is it? Uh, I don't remember what it is. It's their biggest one. It's their 22-inch swing lathe, mm. which is a great lathe. It's three horsepower, digital readout, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I got that, and I, I liked the lathe, but then I came across another one-way used about two and a half years ago and couldn't pass it up and pick that up. So now I'm currently turning on a one way 2436 again. Yeah, buddy. So not yeah. not going back at this point. Got I got that's the big boy. Yeah, got to stick to that. Yeah. All my tooling is set up for it and my <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> you might you might not <clears throat> be able to hear this, but my I have the coring set up for my uh. one way set up uh. for 13 inch, 11 inch and nine inch coring. And even the uh, Hunter carbide setup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is beautiful and well worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're worth if you're investing in your coring setup, Mm -hmm. that's worth it. But as far as other tools, I have. Oh, my gosh. More tools than I even use. But yeah. I inherited probably close to 20 tools with that one way that I bought recently. Mm-hmm. And I use a handful of those. I have a couple Carter and Sons blades. I have some Thompson and Tool blades. I have some Sorby, some Hamlet, mm-hmm. some D Way tools. What else? I mean, uh-
0: I don't know, Hamlet. That's a new one to me.
1: Ham, Hamlet they're uh English manufacturer. Mm, Hamlet mm. and uh I think is it Hamlet that makes the the ones that Glenn Lucas uses? I think he uses Hamlet or
0: mm, that's not Sheffield. No. Mm, mm. I don't know. I might have to do a little research, but uh, uh well you know Glenn's gonna listen to this and go, God, my prized pupil. You've let me down. Uh, I'm definitely not his prized pupil,
1: but he <laughs> remembers me hopefully for the good things. But it's the mustache. Probably, but now it's all clouded by a beard. But I think he remembers me because I bought too many tools there when I was actually in his class, and then I bought the uh the whole set setup that he recommended, which somehow somebody
0: else owns now.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. And I like it. I like exactly. it a lot. I like it a lot. Exactly. Therefore. Well, that do sounds like fantastic. <laughs> I do. I love it. I, I really love it. I, I, um, you know, it's, it's very different than a Wolverine, um, grind setup on a, on a, low speed uh, benchtop grinder but um, I like how you
1: you put low speed in quotes but nobody can hear your quotes yeah it's uh,
0: because the the 1700
1: RPMs is low speed according to a high speed grinder but and what is was which 50, 75 (laughs) yeah grandma speed it drives as slow as you do on the road I walk faster (laughs) than
0: that thing spins right now um i wouldn't go that far but it's uh it's delightful i i um you know it's a little bit you know a little head scratching just like the wolverine just like all of those systems are for sharpening once you get it you got it and uh and i'm still kind of dealing with the fact that uh i like the 16 inch handles and 20 inch handles from carter and son so it just makes a a very long tool to kind of manipulate in front of the Tormac. And I'm just too lazy to unscrew them (laughs) from the handles and do that separately. That's why. Okay. You got me. That's why I'm interested in the D way, because it looks like you just undo that bolt and pull the, the gouge right out, whatever you call that part that comes out of the handle. Um, The blade. Is it genuinely? Yeah. You call it a blade. Yeah, I haven't run over that. Okay, that's what um, I call it. I don't know. That's what I've seen yeah. it called. So, well, I was even looking. I was even looking at the Jimmy Clues system, and that's pretty neat. But apparently, it only works on D way tools. I think, which not not a problem unless you're the Carter and Son guy. <laughs> so, I'm not, uh, but you can be. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, so let's see. Shall we move into the next segment, Mr. Hamlet. Hamlet makes the Glenn Lucas tools. Oh, fine.
1: I looked it up and it's M42 Steel.
0: Uh, just like everyone else, right? Mostly, yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, let's move on into the next section. Although I don't know. Like the annoying thing is I can't see the recording like progress like
0: it only tells me oh. when i have 10 minutes
1: left so
0: oh okay well we'll just go for a
1: little bit um so then we'll we'll work on to to marcus now we'll so we'll go to the next little subject in our podcast which is your wood turning goals so Ooh. what are your wood turning goals you can do a short-term goal a long-term goal whatever it may be there's a few things in our little notes and you can choose from any of those or all of those, or sure. you know, what are your goals coming up in the, in the recent future and the distant future?
0: Well, I mean, I think a lot of us who, you know, really jump into turning on a lathe. We we're always trying to figure out, well, how do you afford the stuff? You know, cause it's, it's not, it's not inexpensive. It costs money and it can cost, real money and um i'm real money into this hobby so uh my wife otherwise known as the cfo of our relationship has informed me that uh daddy's gotta make money (laughs) because the bank is closed where we're not buying anything else unless i fund it with what i'm selling more or less unless you know consumables are up for debate um, so yes, I'd like to, I'd like to sell more and I've, oh, I, I guess about three, three years ago, I started, I have a tiny little Lilliputian size company called the Redshare Woodworks. That's the name of my little woodworking company. And I started a little store on Etsy and selling some bowls and I was even selling I did those uh, wood, the non Rockler (laughs) chain of stores. Um, We're not sponsored by Rockler,
1: like I suppose. So you can say you can say Woodcraft. It's okay, not the other
0: Rockler. (laughs) I know, I know. So, anyways, so the uh, Woodcraft River, yeah, the Wood River. Kits, I just love I think they're fantastic at least the ones that I've dealt with Um, I'm particularly fond of their ice cream spatula I mean it's their giant ice cream scoop it's it's not cheap but it's made out of 900 grade stainless steel and when you turn something when you when you make a handle for that thing it's not only an ice cream scoop but it's a self-defense weapon Uh, so I've made, I don't know, I've made a number of those and those sold pretty well. And then I did a few of those travel mug, um, inserts. So you, you, you buy the insert, you make the mug to go around it. And that was fun. And that was really, that was a good challenge to get everything kind of dialed in to the size that it needs to be. So the insert fits Just right, and you epoxy it all in. That was, those are good kits. So I've sold a little bit, like less than a couple dozen items on Etsy total. And then life just got kind of hectic. We kept moving, and, um, you know, I'm only now my bride and I, Stacy, we, we live here in Hammond, Oregon, which is right next to Astoria, and we, I've been here since April and I'm only now kind of getting everything out of boxes. And I still have some shop furniture to make, but I've, I've been able to kind of get back into turning. I had a whole bunch of single turn bowls that were drying that are now ready to go. And I have several dozen of those. So I've just been having so much fun turning those into the finished bowls and, um, I think about two months ago, you know, I was about ready to start firing up my Etsy and in downtown Astoria, there's a woodworking store called Ash river woodworks, I think. And it's just this, this lovely little store next to Gimri shoes, a really famous shoe store in Astoria. They're really old. Um, anyways, I took some bowls in there and Uh, started kind of marketing myself out of that store. And then I took a bunch of somebody, somebody at my work. I don't talk about my personal life very much at work. You know, I I mean, not to be rude or anything, but it's usually very work centric conversations. And, but somebody discovered that I, that I was a bull Turner. And then they found my little Facebook page for Redshare Woodworks and they just insisted that I bring some bowls to work. And it was amazing. <laughs> I took, I'm not sure how many bowls I took to work, but I sold essentially like $700 worth of bowls in one day. They, oh, I bet they, that had to feel good. It did so good. <laughs> I was like, Oh my goodness! It was, it was really rewarding because they were so gracious and complimentary, and it was just you know I worked really really hard to turn and finish nice bowls bowls that I really think are really nice, and I'm I have really high standards. And
1: you you put you have a little maker's mark that you have made and put into your bottom yeah level,
0: right? yeah they're really cool um and i can we can share the link um in the podcast but there's a and i think he still exists i bought several hundred of them because the price was too good and turned them into like a dollar a piece but they're these inch and a quarter metal medallions and he does the artwork for free as long as you buy so many of them and uh they're i get so many compliments for them i you just an inch and a quarter forstner bit on the very bottom of your bowl and you go your three sixteenths deep or whatever into the bowl and then just five minute epoxy those babies in there and i've had i've not had one drop out that i'm aware of and uh nice so yeah yeah. it just it helps
1: to keep you out of the funnel club too if you got to (laughs) keep that three sixteenths for the
0: medallion right i i've Three times, and once, sadly, in your presence. I, uh, oh, I still have that bowl. I, uh, I'm still holding
1: on to it for you. I got a picture of it for you. Uh,
0: fabulous. <laughs> I was very worried that my efforts to get rid of all that evidence uh, didn't succeed. No, we so, cut it in half. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. We cut it in but half I
1: mean... to to do a nice little scientific look at. Yeah. You. Oh, where is the thickness and the thinness? Where does the wall?
0: Yeah where did, did it go wrong through? where did it go
1: wrong you were um, you were in a new environment we'll blame it on that
0: it was and then you had me do a mortise. uh you're one of those because it
1: was a people. shallow bowl so you get I, more know, the bowl,
0: I know but, but you're out of your out of your element i so. was out of my element out of my comfort i don't do many shallow obviously i need to get into that and and get some practice with platters and plates and stuff but uh so family. anyways, I, I feel like I've kind of wandered off the path, but that motivated Stacy, my wife and I, she's a potter. So she makes pottery and she does, she does well with it. It's not her principal job. Um, she and I have the, the luxury it's of her
1: tertiary job. At tertiary. This point, it? <laughs> it's
0: a gig gig job. Um, so w- there's a really popular market called the Sunday market here in Astoria, Oregon. And we are we're in the works to sign up and have a booth um and trying to figure out how much we want to do that. Um so yeah, that we're gonna start getting into the the in-person market biz. Um uh, so that's oh, my goal. How about that'll you? be a whole nother exciting adventure for
1: sure especially if you can have a combined booth that'll be nice
0: that's what we're trying to do we're trying to have you know her pottery on one side and my wood turning on the other side because i'm just one guy and it's not my principal income by any stretch so uh, my day job keeps me from having too much finished work laying around but uh, nice yeah that's definitely it and website you know i've had a i've owned a domain name for four years now and have not got around to <laughs> learning how to use squarespace i know it's i know it's very user-friendly i know i know I is just... it
1: though like they say it is and i i find it not user-friendly i i didn't <laughs>
0: find it user-friendly when i messed around with it so that's probably why i don't have a website yeah i have a very basic website that i haven't updated in
1: three years so Mm-hmm. because it's not very user-friendly and i don't understand it but i'm barely understand how to use a computer let alone yeah. my phone yeah. so i knew
0: <laughs> i knew it was an older website because it has you and your 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 prom picture so i was like chris prom really? yeah that's that's Ouch. that's dated that's old i mean, that had to have been that's 26
1: years ago so yeah that was a while ago <laughs> sweet
0: yeah, so that's definitely a big goal is to start getting a, an income coming in to pay for the new tools. You mean the coring setup that you need now? I need it bad. I have a driveway full of beautiful walnut, honey locust, sycamore, some English walnut, and a lot of it is very big and where I could I could easily do the 9 and 11 and the 13 and the 16-inch coring knife sets Uh, but i think my i think what i'm going to do is start with the 16 and 13 because i really want to capitalize on those big bowls i don't want to waste that you know but perfect world i would be able to spend you know upwards near around a thousand dollars for that whole set but um you know i'm trying to trying to piecemeal it and i'll get there i'm fine i don't have to have it i just we well, don't I live just, in a perfect world, so. Nope, it's, it's just okay. fine, <laughs> just fine. We finished with me saying one of my goals of 2024 was to get better at selling my work. And so I'm just curious, uh, Mr. Jacobson, what, uh, you got any goals that uh, you've set forth for 2024?
1: My, my current goals, the first thing that came to mind was my goals are to just, be able to continue making things, but also selling some of them um, like yourself with, with your bride. I, I actually just got accepted a week ago to a indie craft fair in March. So that's yeah, going to be a little boost to my motivation to make and sell and promote some of that so i'm hoping to turn that into a profitable endeavor of some sort i yeah it will be as as you know i have far too many pieces that are finished and just collecting dust Mm -hmm. as well as waiting to be just sanded and Mm -hmm. are collecting dust or are (laughs) rough turned and just need to be final turned in our collecting (laughs) dust so i i pulled out a bunch of that stuff actually this morning not just wood turning but other woodworking stuff and, Mm -hmm. and i've been laying them all out to figure out what the heck i'm gonna do with them if they're worth actually doing them i have bowls that i cored three years ago bowl sets that i cored three years ago Uh, had just been sitting nested in in themselves with little spacers that wow maybe i maybe they might be a little too punky to finish but we'll Mm. we'll see use some wood hardener and try and see how that works Mm -hmm. i found a bowl core that i did four three years ago wow Beautiful birch piece that I pulled out. That's warped nicely, but thankfully it's nice and thick and didn't crack at all. Oh, like oh, maybe I should finish turning this thing. It's probably nice. sixteen inches in diameter. Oh. so there's there's all kinds of random stuff. I mm. I I think I was telling you recently offline that I I really enjoy just the act of turning, and so sometimes I'll just chunk up a piece of wood and just. See what happens. Sometimes just making shavings with it is just mm-hmm. therapeutic. Like, mm-hmm. there's times where I need to get other things done, and my wife comes down into my shop and she says, What are you doing? You're supposed to be working on X project or Y project or this. And I'm just <laughs> like, I just needed some therapy. And she realizes that as expensive as some of this wood turning stuff is, it's cheaper than therapy if it helps me. So
0: <laughs> yeah, she,
1: she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I still get the other things done as well, but yeah. as far as other things, other goals like you, I've only taken one other professionally tr- driven class that that class I took was almost two years ago. Now with Glenn Lucas, it was a five day master wood turning class, which was, phenomenal and and just life-changing in many different ways i'd love to take another class with glenn Mm. and uh have his lovely wife cornelia make us delicious meals each and every lunch and the espresso that he makes and Mm. just his wood shop is phenomenal and his efficiencies throughout many different things there's a lot to learn from just that but Mm -hmm. other than that um his Anything piles, you... his oh, piles,
0: gosh. his piles of single turn bowls are just the most insane pictures I've ever seen. Hundreds and hundreds of bowls. It's so amazing. That guy is driven. He driven. he is the
1: he might be the master of efficiency I, when it comes to yeah. his process, and and it makes sense because he's been doing it for. 35 plus years and he's really got it dialed in he just i just saw just yesterday and today on instagram he had two truckloads of ash Blamed. and beach and Blamed. flamed flame flame beach. beach yes and beautiful stuff dropped off as he had just cleared his yard Big stuff too. Yeah, (laughs) they they get big stuff over there. Yeah, over in England, their trees grow a lot bigger because they've been growing a lot longer, and they didn't clear cut a bunch of stuff. But yeah, yeah, Yeah. and it's a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful woods. So yeah, Yeah. my goals are to actually put some effort into selling my work, Mm -hmm. try and get past my own shortcomings mentally in posting stuff, and just being more Mm -hmm. active in social media. Not mm-hmm. only on my own end, but encouraging others as well, which where mm-hmm. I think this podcast will help out with being able to promote others and to help show others the uh, the beautiful craft of wood turning and, mm-hmm. and woodworking in general, but really wood turning specifically with this podcast. I mean, it truly is as the wood as the podcast says, it's a wood turning journey. From start to finish, no matter where your finish is, mm-hmm. there is a journey along for each and every person. So mm-hmm. we all have our own different shortcomings. We have things that we're strong at. We have different ways that we can tackle things and tackle mm-hmm. them in the right way, in the safe way. And it, it'll be really interesting to see how others have persevered and bettered themselves in this journey in wood turning and and helped others to also do the
0: same thing yeah I concur completely I I really hope that um as you and I you know keep going through this whole process and and really share our experiences that um uh, we kind of bring in a group of like-minded folks that are really into wood turning and want to talk about it. And I'm I'm thrilled. I'm I'm so thrilled that uh, I have the ability to do what I'm doing. And and what I love about wood turning is that it it is very available to just about everyone. You know, you you don't have to get all crazy about it, it can be very simple and you can get all crazy about it if you want to. I I love that about it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Anything from
1: I've seen people pick up the hobby at 80 years old. I have a friend actually in my, in the neighboring congregation that I'm friends with. He just picked up his first wood lathe at he's 80 years old and I Mm -hmm. helped him find his wood lathe. He hasn't turned since he was in high school. So it was Ah. over 60 years ago. (laughs) <laughs> but he's he picked up a wood lathe he bought a bandsaw and he's he's getting going at it so anyone That's from awesome. 80 years old can learn and mm-hmm. even i recently have seen um somebody that maybe some of us follow he's uh uh a cut above i think it is but on on instagram but kirk De Here, mm. he does a lot of bowl coring and and blanks for other wood turners and as well as classes down in utah but he's posted videos recently of his grandsons learning how to turn and they're maybe nowhere around seven years old yeah and he's behind them with them helping them but they're able to learn how to there's one video it was the it was the most adorable video he's turning a big bowl probably a good like 20 inch bowl 18 inch bowl And his grandson's standing maybe three feet behind him, mimicking his body movement and his hand movement, holding a tool in his hand.
0: And then another day or
1: two later, he's got a video of him holding the, his grandson holding the tool, doing the actual turning as he's holding it with him and they're doing it. So you can actually feel how it goes. So, wow,
0: that's awesome.
1: Like you said, it's, it's a, beautiful hobby that can really it can be intimidating to see there can be a lot of things that people can Mm -hmm. do poorly that could cause them to get injured very easily
0: yep safety however
1: with a with a good teacher to give you the pointers to start and knowing the right things to do even just on the onset you can really go a long way with figuring out how to do it the right way and learn how the tool set that you have can work
0: best for you and Mm -hmm. the goals that you have. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I feel like we've kind of, we kind of segued into what are your goals with the podcast and I think definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, just to further on to remark on your statement, I, there's so many tool sets that a person can use to to turn spindles or bowls either way and there's no shame in any of it if you're enjoying the process and and you're learning and and you're improving and you're making what you want to make at your own pace and nothing but love from, nothing nothing but love from us too we, we, yep. we're we're done I've got cardboard tools in my my repertoire of, tricks and i think they have a place and uh i'm hoping this podcast would be enjoyable from those that are just beginning and to those that have been around the shop a, a few laps
1: and that that will be the fun part about the podcast is we would really like it to be something part of the community that they can interact with so if you're hearing this for the first time or Maybe it's new to you, feel free to send us a email if you have the proclivity to do so. It, the email is a journey at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail, a, a voice message, as it were, or just a question, whatever it may be, even a thank you. I mean, this is very new for us is learning how to podcast, but not only that, but doing a podcast. But if you have a question that you want us to answer or to help have answered, we know plenty of other experts in the field that we could reach out to. And our goal is to even have different interviews of professional woodturners, hobbyist woodturners, those that do unique different things, those that really utilize the YouTube platform and Creating things in that way, and there's really so many different ways that we can learn from each other, and utilizing this podcast as an additional form of of a resource for everyone. Then, even more so, it's it's been hard for me to find any good consistent woodturning podcasts, and I know Marcus feels the same way, and so. I I listen to plenty of other podcasts all around the different swaths of my interests. And it would be nice to be able to give something back to the community that has given so much to us over the,
0: over the years for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, and I think what I'd like to do right now is to, to kind of make sure that we, you know, this, we didn't wake up in the morning and went, "Hey, you know, a wood turning podcast sounds like a good idea." I was influenced, and I think you were too, buddy. With uh, Wood Turners Anonymous and with the efforts from Carl Jacobson and Braxton Worthlin, I um, I really enjoyed listening to that podcast. And boy, it just broke my heart to see you know, the Braxton and the tragedy there. And we don't need to get into that. It's on the internet if you want to read about that. But um, that was an inspiration. Um, I I love watching Carl Jacobson's YouTube videos. I, I find him one of the most creative wood turners. He's always doing wild and unique stuff. Um, I just, I had the joy of being able to speak to him on the phone. That's the other thing is, a lot of these big name wood turners are very available. They, they'll answer uh, messages and emails. Uh, most of them will. And so I was having trouble finishing some... I'm a big fan of big leaf maple trees um, and is working with that timber. And I was just... I was struggling with this one bowl. I couldn't... It just kept absorbing the finish in several spots. Just no matter how many coats I put on it it would just keep sucking it up so I I got so frustrated I think I I I was lamenting to you and you're like well ask ask Carl send him an email ask you know yeah. send it out and just so I did it. Yeah. I did and he messaged me back and he's like hey I why don't we just talk and I'm like heck yeah so that's an option yeah what you know (laughs) and so it was just so much fun for me to talk to carl he's such a sweetheart and just such an expert in wood turning. and um yeah i i i really adore the personalities that that i've been able to watch on youtube and i look forward to you know we've got the National uh, Wood Woodturners Association convention in our backyard in Portland, Oregon coming up here this spring, and and I hope you and I, buddy, can can really get there. I I know for sure that it's going to happen for myself, and I just hope we both can make that work. Uh, but nonetheless, I I look forward to having further conversations with uh, woodturners that you and I both admire, and maybe domestic folks and maybe folks from afar you know there's a lot it's a huge international wood turning community from everywhere <laughs>
1: literally literally everywhere, everywhere. I've, <laughs> I've been getting fed people from Iran and
0: mm-hmm. India
1: and Taiwan mm-hmm. like wherever they I mean wood turns everywhere
0: it so does it's
1: just a matter of finding a motor and a spindle and yeah in a way to do it I've seen guys use their feet as yep. for us so it's absolutely you, know, you can do it anywhere it's just yeah. a matter of being smart and safe with it of course so
0: yeah yeah and safety will definitely be you know a topic that we'll touch on for sure we don't want to be you know too marmish about it but i think um it it's wise it's simple things like in the last episode you had mentioned the, the or maybe it was the first one forgive me um, but i think you already can't keep track i write three and and i'm like <laughs> but I wearing safety glasses behind your face shield i think a lot of people don't realize that it's it's a two-step process and you know that's that's what we like to advocate is is that knowledge you use it how you feel you want to use it but um you know a person can really get hurt on a wood lathe on any woodworking equipment and it's very important that you you at least attempt and and use best practices
1: exactly and on that note i think we'll we'll end this last episode i don't i don't know how it's going to edit it into we'll we'll figure out how it it all goes together this may be the third episode it may be the second
0: We'll see, but <laughs> yeah, or or <laughs> not in any of them, you know. We might go, don't say
1: that, don't say that. No, <laughs> no, it's all the last two have been sh- saved and exported, so hopefully Dang. that's not the case. So, <laughs> well, regardless, thank you to those other than at least Stacy that listened to this episode of A Wood Turner's Journey. I'm, I can't guarantee my own wife Ingrid has listened to it because.
0: Oh, Ingrid's gonna be down. She's gonna want to hear her man. Come on. Probably that... not. She she hears me ramble on enough about
1: all my wood turning and woodworking yeah. stuff. But well, now you're famous, though. She'll at least download it and give me an extra download. But maybe maybe a few friends and family that'll listen <laughs> out of pity to start just to see <laughs> where we're going. But regardless. We uh, we are also on Instagram at a wood turner's journey, uh, all spelled out one word. We haven't mm-hmm. posted anything yet, but as soon as these go live, I will start mm-hmm. uploading some stuff to that. Maybe a little clips of the episodes, and maybe even some video of Marcus's shiny head. So sorry, he, I'll he improve. Just, I'll improve. He just changed his lighting to ahead. make it better, but regardless, like. We'll, uh, we'll do our best. We're gonna try and keep it as regular as possible. We are still figuring out what regular is. It may be maybe weekly, maybe bi-weekly, but we'll do the best we can to stay regular with this. Please, if you have any thoughts, concerns, questions whatever it may be any feedback of any sort please send us an email at a woodturners journey all spelled out in one word a woodturners with an s journey at gmail.com and we are happy to answer your questions and if we can't answer them maybe we can find an expert that will help us to answer that question for you Uh, send a voicemail message if you can, or a voice memo of some sort. We all have different ways of recording our voices now on our devices of some sort. You can email that to us. We'll play it on the podcast if you give us permission. Otherwise, we'll uh, see you on the uh, next episode of A Woodturner's Journey, and happy turning.